0: just get up you know don't like when god called me out of that tent it was get up get out of your tent and i think that's what god calls us to ultimately do when we feeling like a failure is to not stay there not be shamed there because the devil wants you to stay down the devil wants you to hold on to these accusations because that's what is coming from it when when you're feeling that's an accusation that's not from god that's not his heart towards you so get up and do the next best thing and and that's just one step at a time. You're not gonna be the perfect leader. You're not gonna be a perfect leader, but you just do the next best thing. That could be apologizing to your wife, apologizing to your kids, or just giving them a hug. The simplest thing is always the next best thing. And, and oftentimes too, it's, it's just seeking Jesus.
1: Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, You and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God, and with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, you refuse to allow him to take the And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line.
2: Attack the objective.
1: Can you hear me, bro? Hey, what's up, man? (laughs) Good to see you, buddy. I know. Bro, we've
0: been talking all week, man. I feel like I know you.
1: Yeah. This is gonna feel like
0: just a regular conversation now, without the one-minute interruptions. <laughs>
1: yeah, the, those Instagram one minutes. Like, you're, I wish those were longer, man, because because
0: <laughs> mine on my phone
1: every time the minute closes, because I'm trying to work while I listen. Yeah. Right. So like, my phone's in my back pocket, and so I and I know and I saw you sent like four of them. Uh-huh. So I gotta keep taking my my, my phone <laughs> now and opening up again. We gotta figure out a way to make those like ten minutes
0: at least. I know, seriously. I'm like driving, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I gotta hang up and do it back again, and yeah, not totally not the right. safest thing to be doing. But well,
1: now we have a lot longer than just one minute to do a good conversation, man. Absolutely. So for those of you, we're jump, we're we're starting already, buddy. So for those of you who are listening out there in podcast world. Um, of course, we're not live. We're just recording. But when you're listening, I, I got with me uh, a new friend. His name is yes. Gabriel Gabriel Perez, and uh, we connected on Instagram. And we just earlier this week, um, we've been kind of you know liking posts here and there and stuff. But then earlier this week, <clears throat> I just simply sent you a DM saying, "So what's your story, man? Like how long how long you been a Christian for?" And that just opened up the floodgates of like massive massive conversation with each other and uh Mm -hmm. like i said i feel like i feel like i've known you for a long time man. and yet you're all the way in las vegas las (laughs) vegas nevada yeah Uh, how's the weather this morning there in las Las vegas for you
0: it's nice it's this is the perfect time to be in las vegas it is beautiful it's sunny it's like the perfect heat to where you don't need to like it's not, you're not sweating or anything like that and yeah. but the wind is crazy so yeah
1: yeah now were you guys on a, on like a family hike today or
0: uh so we had to reschedule it because we ended up taking our cat to get her stitches out oh yeah yeah
1: yeah so. poor
0: thing she, you said she ate like two feet of yarn. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh my goodness that's cat, cats can do weird things bro i don't know and they, they're not she's not any wiser because we just caught her eating the tape off of our diaper box and we're like, "What's wrong with you? We, we, we just saved your life." And I'm like, Not again. <laughs> "Yeah, one time. That's one time. Yeah. No
1: more. Yeah, no um, two
0: strikes rule here." But no.
1: we yeah, we've tried cats in the past, man, and mm-hmm. we've never had luck with cats. Every cat, I think we've had like three or four cats mm-hmm. over our over our 19 years of marriage, and we've gotten sick cats, cats filled with fleas. Uh, oh. nothing but nothing but trouble for us man and so i don't yeah. know we we've the last 15 years we've had a, a little shih tzu and so far so good with the shih tzu so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh like like i said uh gabriel is from las vegas i'm a little jealous because now now all i know when i think of las vegas good old canadian boy here yeah um, i think of like casinos the obvious it's casinos city, yeah. Sin City, I think it's called, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> now we know every city is a Sin City. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but, but Vegas um, has the, the title officially. I
1: yeah, think. that's right, officially. And then I also know, like, I believe CSI, the old school show CSI, was that not filmed in Las Vegas? Or there's at least, I think there's like 10 shows called CSI of different cities. I know I there's think, a
0: lot of them, but I'm not sure, to be honest. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I thought I there was a, one. I, thought but I know they got a lot of them. Like they had <laughs> Los Angeles, New York. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they have Las
1: Vegas. <laughs> now, do you ever see like movies and stuff being shot in your city? There, like in, I don't know how close you are to where the movies would be would be uh, taken.
0: But do you ever Here see the Strip? Um, no, I haven't seen anything. We're so pretty I'm, far. We're like uh, we're not pretty far, but it seems like Vegas is everything is like twenty minutes away. It doesn't really matter how far you are; it's about twenty minutes away.
1: So you're 20 minutes away from that main kind of famous strip yeah. and like, that's so crazy to me man like out here yeah. i'm i'm just so used to like ontario canada i don't know my
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and honestly uh, you don't want to live near the strip
1: yeah oh town, i can imagine man it's the worst imagine. area of vegas um yeah for sure and another thing i know mainly through, through my wife mm-hmm. uh she watches now hey one sec. Bro, you got your coffee. I got mine, dude. One yeah, thing yeah. that one thing that me and Gabriel realize <laughs> is that we both love our coffee. Now, one thing, another thing, bro, we're gonna do this just because I I got the mic, I can do what I want. That's right. We we are gonna do a slurp because I listen to your podcast <laughs> and dude slurps on the podcast, and so do I. Yeah. You know, you take that coffee break, so we're gonna do a good old slurp. <laughs> Here we go, bro. That's nice. Can you feel that good
0: taste that coffee? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Taste that coffee goodness. <laughs> so another thing about Las Vegas, man, is um, is the Property Brothers. Are you familiar oh, okay, with? it yeah. I think they're Canadian boys, but I think they moved out. I think they live in Las Vegas now. Oh, okay. You ever see them? That. Yeah, yeah. My wife, my wife watches the uh, the shows, and I watch them too. I like watching home shows, but um, yeah, I realized they got a, they live in Las Vegas. They both have a home there, and they of course put it on TV, redoing their homes. Uh, yeah. but no that that's cool man again I when I think of right now I'm talking to some brother in Las Vegas it's exciting <laughs> to me I feel like yeah. you're a ce- I feel like you're a celebrity <laughs> just because you live in Las Vegas that's it <laughs> that's But funny. yeah so Gabriel Gabriel is a married man and uh how long have you been married for 12 13 years Uh 12 years I'm testing you 12 years and he and his wife have three kids, and he and, he and his wife actually they've been homeschooling. How long have you been you've been homeschooling for? Uh,
0: since the beginning, so from my son started. So okay, like six.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that you you talked about that on your podcast there, and mm-hmm. um, I, I I would never be able to do it. I know you've expressed on those episodes where you talk about yeah. homeschooling being quite challenging and quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the one word you use, I, I liked it, bro. It made me laugh. You, you'd you say, you'd come home from work because you're working full time outside of the home. Yeah. Your wife works full time as well yeah. as doing the homeschooling yeah. too at your house. And, and uh, you'd come, yeah, you'd say, man, I come home from work and the house is just trashed. Or thrashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like thrashed. That. And I could just picture it because my kids are older now. I got two teenagers and yeah. still they can do a, a doozy of a thrashing as well. But I, I remember those days when they were little, man, the, the toys everywhere and just um, things things thrash. So I always yeah. got to chuckle uh, when you
0: talked about that. So- It's I, infinitely worse because the kids live at home. So it's like their whole, it's like, it's hard, it's that balance because like I can't really get mad at them because this is where they're at all sure, day. Sure, sure, you know, sure. You know, and so it's like, they just, There, my my wife had to sign they're not making a mess they're creating memories yes
1: (laughs) i heard i heard you say that once it is true yeah yeah but but still despite the memories girl i still see a mess (laughs) everywhere
0: it's (laughs) still driving
1: me nuts yeah yeah that's right now pick those legos up right (laughs) (laughs) um so gabriel is also what he calls uh he calls himself a field guide and it's also along the lines of coaching you do some coaching and field guiding um for specifically specifically for Christian men in in fathering and, and yeah. not not just simply fathering, but in their relationship walking close to God as well. Uh, yeah. I know I know yeah, in one one of our conversations, <clears throat> you mentioned how at one point in your Christian journey, you knew God, but not as father. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's a really important uh, place that Christians come to. Uh, whether male or female, but yeah. obviously being a men's podcast, it's important that Christian men, they don't just know God, they don't just know about God or believe in a God, but we we believe him for his word and we know him as our father. Yeah. So even even if you feel this to say something more about that, because that's kind of the heart mm-hmm. that God, God's given that to you and that's kind of the direction of your ministry. Uh, so talk a bit more about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I feel like my relationship has changed when I, when I'm actually able to, to understand that concept. And there's this quote that I love by Andrew McDonald. He says, in order to become sons of God, we must become sons of God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's that cry of, of him being father. And so, you know, and like Ezekiel, he talks how deep he goes in the water. I believe it's Ezekiel. I'm not a Bible scholar, <laughs> but, um, uh, he goes, he, you know, he can choose how far he's going into the water. Like it goes up to your waist, your your chest, yeah. you know. It's yeah. like, how deep do you want to go with God? Because he's willing to go as deep as you want to go. Absolutely. And so some I realized, like, I was just waiting in the surface areas, in the waters of God, and not really knowing him, believing him, experiencing him. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I just finally found that, that call to walk with him, that it just got so that I see him every day. I see him in the moments of my life. I see him yeah. when I'm having coffee in the morning with him mm-hmm. and it becomes a relationship and not just he's God, I obey, I do what he says and, and I go on with my day. It's yeah. He's involved in every aspect and
1: Absolutely man. There's that, there's that old song that you might even know, but it's I think it's an old hymn that you'd sing in church. And the one part of it is uh, and he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me that i am his own and that's mm. just a picture of father god yeah basically i i envision it like like the father god reaching his hand down and like you just said literally walking with me through my life mm-hmm. through through the good times through the bad times yeah and, that, and that's what fathers do that's what natural fathers do that's what you do with your kids that's what i do with my kids and just just uh thursday night we were doing some family devotions and um, it really sparked some good conversation of course the questions that my kids have can be a bit more challenging than younger children like you yeah. have. Oh, yeah. and, and even those kids can ask some pretty challenging questions. Um, but it, it led to the idea of, of, you know, I said, if you guys like disobey mom and dad, do you no longer become our kids? Am I no longer your father? Mm. <clears throat> do I disown you as being my son because you've sinned or you've disobeyed me? And the obvious answer to that is, no, of course not. Like through thick and thin, man, I'm your dad until forever. I'm your father, yeah. right? And and so much more is our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And and some people have a hard time coming to God, even as people that are Christians, yeah. church churchgoers, Bible-believing Christians, because of past hurt, because of maybe the, their upbringing with their dad, maybe they had a rough upbringing with their father, Mm-hmm. and so they come to faith they believe in jesus that he is the, the he paid the price for their sin but they they struggle with the whole idea of god being their father because they're afraid that maybe the way that my earthly father failed me will will god do the same and so they they're they're afraid to just dive right in there in, in yeah. trusting in trusting god as father and, and that's an important important place that we all come and so if you're listening out there brother, you know, you have nothing to be afraid of. The Bible says when we put our faith in Jesus, we are literally adopted into the family of God. God adopts us as sons and daughters. And now we can call him Abba Father, which is Mm -hmm. basically daddy. Yeah. And we're attracted in to the vine. Come on, bro. It's true. And now we're we're one with the Father. And so I would encourage you as a listener, you know, um, I would say even connect more with Gabriel at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about where you can find him, but this is his heart. It, this is something the Lord's given to Gabriel and uh, I'm pronouncing your name, your name, correct. Right, bro. Gabriel. Yeah. Cool. Um.
0: So, so that's yeah, obviously yeah. C- c- go ahead. Well, I think too, cause it's like um, we, I think we naturally look at God as our earthly fathers. That's our biggest representation and that, you know, and as fathers as we are, we're kind of that that goal, that uh signpost of how they're gonna view God. Yeah. So, you know, I you know, if for you grew sure. up with a dad who was kind of distant, you're gonna feel God's kind of distant. Or if you felt God, if you grew up with a dad who really provided for you, you you kind of have no issue thinking that God's gonna provide for you in certain things. Yeah, man. You know, we kind of we kind of take these things that we learned as childhood and it take we take it to God. And so mm. it, it's you know. It's, it's kind of a heavy weight that we have as fathers on our shoulders to yeah. bear that image uh, of God, the father, but it's also such an important responsibility and role that he's given us to do. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's where it requires us to walk with God, because everything we do is going to come from that relationship.
2: Yeah, And that's I, what
0: I found. So yeah. who I am as a husband comes as my relationship to God, the father. Yeah. Who I am as a father comes to my relationship with God the Father. Who I am as a person out in the community comes with my relationship as God, God as a father. So. As a father,
1: absolutely. That that's powerful, and and we know full well. You and I would agree we are not perfect dads. Yeah. I've screwed. I've screwed up royally as a dad, man. Like I've messed up. I've yelled. I've screamed. I've I've said things that weren't necessary. Um, I remember my son when he was younger, between two and four. That was a really hard time for him. Mm -hmm. He was really defiant um, as a little toddler. And you'd never think that a a little cute little toddler could really push you to the edge, but man, oh my, it really can. And I was really challenged. And I I remember feeling like I was constantly disciplining this kid. Mm -hmm. And I I remember I shared this on another podcast, um, but I I remember saying to God, if this is being a dad, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be a parent. If this is what it's like, it's so crazy. And mm-hmm. so we recognize that we are we are um flawed parents, flawed fathers. There's yeah. another episode, there's another podcast you can start, bro. <laughs> flawed fathers, flawed fathers. <laughs> but but change my title to the flawed father podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but keep that same dope beat, man. That's good. <laughs> um but but God, he's perfect. And I mean, we sing it, right? You're you're yeah. perfect in all of your ways. He's a good, good father. And so mm-hmm. that's and and so for people to come to that trust in God, who have had a rough experience from their father, that's where we need the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy yeah. Spirit who will help you come to God as as a son uh, and, and him as your father. Um, mm-hmm. And so, man, we, that's that's what I've learned. That's what I know. And so I think it's an awesome, awesome passion that God's given to you, man, um, Thank to, you. to minister to, to fathers because... Fathers are they play a massively important role not only in the home but in society in yeah. society in general um, oh absolutely I think so, you
0: you change the the father the father is able to heal his wounds you can literally change your family you can change the community you can change the world I think it, it it all comes from fatherless homes you know yeah uh, families growing up without the the yeah. present. The intentionality of their fathers can can really do some damage.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Well, let's let's transition, and I want to get to know more about you. I want the listeners mm-hmm. to kind of get to know more about you. Um, I really don't know anything about your upbringing. Again, we've just been chatting this last week or two, but just share from your heart how you feel led this uh, today to uh, just talk about you know life as a boy, Gabriel as a boy, where you grew up, kind of, yeah. and, and then what led you to finding faith in
0: Jesus. Okay. So I grew up in Los Altos, which is Silicon Valley. I don't know if you're familiar with that, like yeah. Facebook and all those yeah. places. Live. Um, I've actually, Silicon I've Valley? actually
1: heard, I've actually heard. I'm located in the Waterloo region of Ontario, and this is where like BlackBerry started and all that. And I think I've heard people say that our area, Waterloo. Oh, look at that! That was like that, man. Oh, that was awful. You should have told me, bro. I'm like, I'm on camera. <laughs> um, but there's, they're saying like Waterloo, our area, is actually becoming like a mini Silicon Valley. Just oh, really? very, very technical, like a lot of technology and, and, and whatnot. So sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead.
0: Wait, I do have a question about Waterloo. Do you guys create the drink Waterloo? Is that a drink? Yeah, there's a canned soda called Waterloo. It's is like, it really? uh,
1: yeah, I've never heard of it or saw it, man. I,
0: I kind of want one now. I don't know why it's called water. We love it. We get it at Target, um, but it's like it's um, like that sparkling water. So it's not like so it's sugar free. Yeah.
1: Okay, I've never. I gotta Google that, man. I've never heard of that.
0: I'll I'll show you a pic. I don't have any right now, but we usually carry at least at least a pack in the house.
1: Have you heard of the pop called Las Vegas? We have it here in our area. (laughs) No, I
0: have not. (laughs) Just by. Sorry. Enough. Yeah. Go ahead with your story, bro. Okay, so yeah, Silicon Valley. It wasn't Silicon Valley when I grew up. I think it was maybe beginning to be Silicon Valley. Okay. But we just lived, my grandpa had had got a home, passed down from his father. It was an orchard farm. So we we just had this land before it really blew up. But I lived with my grandparents. My mom moved us in when I was probably a little bit under young, uh, one. Both my parents got divorced. Um, I have an older brother. Uh-oh. Something happened. Oh, a window popped up. Sorry. I have an older brother. He's, I think he's like seven years older than me. Okay. And I have a younger sister who's like 10 years younger than me. So, okay. Kind of a big gap. But living with my grandparents, um, my grandpa was a military man, Vietnam vet, uh, hard edged man. And, uh, and he's done, he's like someone that I really uh, look up to because he's just it's like, I asked him, why did you go to war? And he's just like, because your country needs you and you do that so that's kind of has been his mentality he's a hard worker he served and and so but a very strict so he strict person so he kind of like taught me a lot of about hard work um but he was very hard-edged and my grandma was the most loving person in the world yeah and my mom was there too she was very loving she she um worked though she, she had to work a lot so she worked for the post office and then at times she worked um in the graveyard shifts so you know just struggling to kind of make ends meet mm-hmm. um my dad was around too he was really fun really loving um he did lasers and stuff like that and so he would come around a lot too so i saw my parents a lot growing up
2: yeah yeah
0: and uh but growing up i was catholic so we always went to church every sunday it was something yeah. that we just did as if my grandpa would make us go so i did you know i grew up knowing god and grew up knowing who he was, who Jesus was. And I I would pray at night, but I didn't understand a word of the Bible, never even opened up a Bible. Mm -hmm. I just knew God existed and that that was kind of enough for me. And so I found, you know, as I grew up, um, I was kind of just allowed to do whatever I wanted because my grandpa was doing his thing and my mom's always working. Um, My dad was kind of just doing his thing too. He was around, but um, I think he was learning how to be a father too. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that i found is that he did what he knew. And that was just being like a friend to us. And, you know, we just, we would hang out and talk. But um, I think as far as knowing like how to father, he didn't know because he never had a father. Mm -hmm. So he just, he always loved us. He would give us the shirt off his back. He'd do whatever he could for us, but just giving guidance or like, you know, maybe you shouldn't do those things. Wasn't really a conversation we had. Mm -hmm. So I just grew up doing, I played sports, but I also would party with my friends. I would drink, I would smoke pot. And that was just, and no one really told me anything. It was just, yeah. I, I had a job. I, I mean, I supported, I had a job when I was 13. So I kind of, I was pretty independent. And you kind of you know, you had to be. Yeah. I think that's the way I was kind of brought up. My grandpa brought me up, you know, you, you take care of yourself. You just do, you know, he's not going to baby you. And um, so, yeah, I was pretty independent. Mm-hmm. And that just carried on till I, I went to music school in L.A. I uh, played electric guitar for a long time. So I was like, I want to be a rock star. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, so I went to music school in L.A. Um, and it was there, though, that my roommate was actually, he was a Christian. He, he, he knew about the Bible. He had a Bible on his nightstand. Okay. And I think at the time he was like a, he's, he's a walking Christian. He's, he's still new to, he's still young. So, I mean, there was still a fair amount of partying going on, but he introduced me to the work. He would tell me about Jesus. He would tell me all that. He'd answer all these questions I have. And I started to read about it. I even went to a Billy Graham crusade. Oh, wow. And didn't get saved. (laughs) It was, it was, I was, uh, it was really awkward for me to stand up and like profess your faith like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't, I mean, I, I felt like that call, but I was like, "I'm not gonna stand up." That's I don't want people looking at me like that. How old were you then? I was probably about 20, 20 at the time.
1: It's it's interesting because I remember um, I remember growing up. Like I was I was born and raised ba- essentially in a Christian family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you. I think you listened to the podcast where I talked about who's Matt Noel Anyway, yeah. Um, so I was basically raised in a church, and I remember I remember when I got into my teen years. I'm, and it's kind of what you just said about being at that crusade. I um I remember going to church on Sundays, and you know our church had at the time um, a few hundred people, and I remember during the worship time, you know the bands up there singing, leading worship. I'd see I'd see certain people, you know, lifting their hands, mm-hmm. and and now to me that's that's just part of of worship, right? Whether yeah. I don't even think about that, whether like I don't look around saying. Are people lifting their hands or not? Like I, I don't even think about it. It's it doesn't matter to me. But but then I would see it and initially it's like, why like why are these people lifting their hands? Is that not embarrassing? Yeah. You know, what are they doing? And of course I knew like I was told, well, that's an act of worship, you know, surrender, worship to God. And I remember as a teenager, you know, growing up, and in those teenage years, you are not there with your kids yet, although you live through the years yourself. Mm-hmm. But being a teenager is really challenging. Yeah. And so as a teenager, I'm going through the normal teenage challenges, but I remember like something, it must've been the Holy Spirit and I, and I knew it, but I was, I was wanting to throw my hands up during the, the singing, during the worship. I wanted to, um, you know, exemplify my worship to God by doing that. Not just, and it yeah. wasn't just because I wanted to be like everybody else. It was, I really felt this, this kind of urge within me it must and so it was the holy spirit saying mm-hmm. you know worship me right worship god and so it's just interesting how how you know here you are a 20 year old at a billy graham crusade and i don't know what kind of pull you felt maybe you
0: wanted to respond but maybe you're it's the exact one that you're feeling you've yeah. burning I mean inside where you're like i want to do this but yeah you're, you're battling you don't you know it's well it's it's that
1: it's the battle man and and there's another passage in the bible where it talks about the spirit and the flesh are, are at war yeah right and that's how it is until we take our last breath Mm -hmm. it's it's constantly the flesh versus the spirit and jesus versus satan uh demons versus you know angels it's how it is and so there's that opposition so i i just that just sparked into my memory when when you said that so take us back billy graham he's preaching up a storm gabe's sitting there like should i
0: respond i don't know what to do here take it from there bro <clears throat> yeah. And so I didn't, I, I just watched <laughs> the people go down and, and that was it. I went home and I was like, Oh, that was interesting. You know, it's just funny cause I don't even, re- I don't recognize it as the Holy spirit. I can say back now, as I look back, like, yeah, yeah, there was a, there was a tugging on my heart. And I even went to, he even took me to another church service. Um, my mind's bre- blanking, but he's like the next Billy Graham. Um, he does a, he does a huge outreach in LA all the time. Can't believe I'm blanking on his name.
1: I, I'm sure I'd recognize the name if you re- remembered it.
0: Yeah, uh, gosh. Um, Is he still alive today? Yeah, he's still alive. He does it at Anaheim Baseball Stadium um, in Los Angeles. He's 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 a big one. So, and I went to his church. Gosh, old. I'm getting old age brain, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just blanking on stuff. I'm but, sure it'll pop back. Yeah, he did a crusade and. Uh, it almost came to me, but I'm just going to abandon it. (laughs) He did a crusade. He did it. I went to his church and same thing that he had people did an altar call. I felt it. And I was like, no, it was Easter Sunday. It's like, I'm still not gone, dude. I'm not getting up there and going to be like people staring at me. And I just, you know, couldn't do it. And so fast forward, you know, years, I I met my wife um, after I graduated music school. So let me
1: stop you. Let me stop you there. So, so you went to Billy Graham Crusade, then you went to this Anaheim preacher guy as well, mm-hmm. and you felt you felt the Greg spirit. Greg Glory, that's his name. Oh, Greg Glory. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right on, right on. Um, so you felt the spirit leading you at the mm-hmm. time. You didn't know what it was, but now you know it was the spirit trying to draw you. Yeah. And so and so, did you resist that for years? Yeah. Or was it? Did you constantly feel that or or hear no. his voice? It or, was just did, in those moments. And you just kind of
0: walked away and forgot about it. Yeah, I just walked away. You know, you feel like guilty. <laughs> You know, there's that little that that con like not condemnation, conviction. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah, man. Maybe I should have done something. Yeah, and you know, but it didn't happen. You know, it's that 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 war that's going on, and when mm-hmm. you just think of God's grace in these moments. That even though, like, I denied him, like Peter denied, denied him, th- denied Jesus three times. Like, yeah, that's pretty much me. Like, just denying Jesus, but he still has enough grace to pursue my heart. He still had enough patience and love it it didn't exhaust you know yeah 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 and i think that's the beauty that when i look back i can say um god was good god was faithful Mm. and and so he he continued in but this time it was a lot longer the space in between yeah because uh i I graduated from school i was playing in a band that was paying my rent for the time so And it was pretty cool. I mean, we didn't really end up doing anything. I ended up leaving the band because they kind of took a hiatus for something. And I was like, well, I can't just sit here and do nothing. Like, But I was working at a Borders bookstore part time. And I actually met my wife there on my first day at work. Was she a customer? Uh, no, she was. She worked the registers and I was working in oh. a coffee shop. Oh, uh, OK, sweet, man. And so I was like hmm. the first the crazy thing is the first time I met her, it was like it was like I knew I wanted to marry her. And I knew I loved her like that.
1: Okay. I'm not just saying this, bro. Cause we had
0: like, and you might've
1: heard it on one of my podcasts. I've said, I've said this before. When I first met my wife, I came out of a bad relationship, got right with God. When I was 19 I, and I tell her this to this day, when I, when she walked up and, and I saw her for the first time, I knew she yeah. was the one for me. I can't explain it, but I yeah. knew after all my failures before that, I knew, and so, mm. and then two weeks after, two weeks after, I get, I, I, um, we, we became friends. Then two weeks mm. after, we were actually like boyfriend girlfriend. I I said I said one night, I think I'm falling in love with you, and she and her response was, No, you're not, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. But. So go ahead, that's cool. We have that in in common as well, bro. So continue the yeah. story.
0: It it was funny because I don't know. I grew up obviously not a christian so i watched a lot of movies but like i think of wayne's world i always compared to wayne's world i don't know if you've seen it
1: i've never but, seen that
0: okay so there's this time where he sees this girl and this song dream weaver comes on and that's <laughs> and he was like she will be mine oh yes yeah, she will be mine." <laughs> and that's exactly what like, played yeah. on in my head when i saw her yeah but i mean i was completely uh scared and i didn't even talk to her at all i not other than the introduction like i can remember even what she said to me the first time and she laughed because i was like the first thing you said to me was like my hands are dirty and uh, and it was because she she i was gonna make her a drink because they're like oh do you want to drink because we we're training them and she's like and she shook my hand she's like oh my hands are dirty and i was like okay i did wash my hands either but but she was like, "Well, if you're gonna handle food, I-, I was just letting you know my hands are dirty." But yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. completely threw me off. But um, that's, a, that's
1: a that's a pretty deep romantic first conversation,
0: man. Yeah, <laughs> deep water is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I ended up going down there one time to bring coffee to the break room, and she was on break, and I was like, "I'm gonna take a break." <laughs> I-, I wasn't on break, but I just t- took a break, and I sat with her. Yeah. and i didn't even know what to say actually so i just stood there it was probably completely awkward and yeah. she just started up a conversation she heard about i was from san francisco or whatever and we talked and then we ended up exchanging contact information and, and we ended up hanging out um so we ended up dating i moved back home we did long distance dating then i eventually moved back to la i think maybe one or two years later okay and and we lived together we um you know, that's for me, that's what I wasn't, no, not Christian, that whole idea of of getting married and then living together didn't really enter my mind. Sure. Sure. Um, My brother, he lived with his girlfriend for many years in our the basement of our house. So to me, that was just what we did. Yeah. yeah. And so we lived together. We, and it took seven years before I actually asked her to marry me. Oh, wow! Um, because honestly, if I'm being honest, I was scared about marriage. The the marriage that I had seen with my parents was divorced and i just didn't really i could it was hard for me to commit just jumping all in sure. i knew i loved her i knew i wanted to be with her it was just marriage terrified me yeah,
1: it's like why and, it's your your perspective would be why why get married yeah i i i've i've never really seen it maybe work in people who are close to me in my own family mm-hmm. so why why get married right like you said it was yeah before before you knew jesus and so why why bother taking that step? I can understand that fear, man. Yeah. Now, now was were you guys was your wife a Christian at this time or you guys were both
0: She wasn't. She also mm. went to church. Um yeah. uh but the church that she went to never preached actual coming to Jesus. Like it was one of those churches where it was they were really smart, like spoke Greek and Hebrew and would translate all these things in the Bible, but it like missed the heart. You know, it was and it was like they never like asked people to receive Jesus. It was. Hmm. And so I remember when I was dating her, her dad was like, you need to come to church because you're dating my daughter. So I used to go to their their weird church. <laughs> That's how I called it. I was like, it was weird. Yeah. And and it, it literally didn't do anything for me because I would go in there. I mean, honestly, in true transparency, I remember I, I smoked pot right before I walked into the church, like not right before, <laughs> but we're getting ready to go. And I just started smoking, and I was like, "Did you just smoke pot?" And I was like, "Yeah." And She was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> like, it didn't convict her either, but she, it did make her just think about it. Bro,
1: bro, don't you know there's no high like the most high? Have you not <laughs> heard that, man?
0: Not at that time. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were getting a double whammy. I guess. I guess if their church was dead, you felt you needed some sort yeah, of high. I guess. something. Right? My spirits lifted. Yeah, or <laughs> in, <everyone. laughs>
0: yeah for sure. <laughs> and so. I mean, that's just, it's where I was. It's it's, yeah. it's my story. And and so, yeah, we, we went to a church and eventually I was like, this church is weird. And I was like, I, I'm not going. But throughout that time, and this is like four years, I had done a a, a network marketing business and it really wasn't great. But, you know, they're talking about Jesus and, you know, but it was like the, the message of prosperity. Mm hmm. And so, you know, you're just thinking, mm-hmm. oh, well, God's going to bless me and make me rich and do all these things. And so in pursuit of rich of money, I was reading the Bible because I was like, well, this is what I want, God. You know, I'm going to read the Bible now so you can bless me with money. And, you know, it became like a little religious, you know, Sure. and but during that time, I also had a co-worker who was mm-hmm. going to this church and he was telling me about Jesus, answer all my crazy questions. And he was actually walking He actually had an authentic relationship and he would just tell me about the Bible. Tell me how he forgave me. Tell me about creation, all these different things. And I remember I sold him the business and this is how I came to Christ. I sold him the business that I was doing. And he asked me, he goes, so if I do this, am I going to make my money back right away? And I was like, oh yeah, no problem. And I felt this little tug in my heart and it was like it was a conviction because i had made my money back but i knew it wasn't easy i knew a lot of people weren't going to do it and i just lied to this guy and man the conviction just came upon me because i realized who am i i'm lying to people to make money i'm you know i'm i'm reading the bible and i'm feeling like i'm holy but i'm i'm lying and so i remember reading Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And at that time we were living with their parents. We were in transition of moving to another place because um, we, we got kicked out of our other place because they thought we were doing something, but it wasn't long story, but we had just moved in. And then the next week they kicked us out. Like we didn't do anything, but so we were living with their parents and <laughs> I read this and I said, I'm going to go to this church that one. And there was another guy who was telling me about God and Jesus. So I I went to his church because it was the only one I remembered. And it was a Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. And I was like, and my wife's like, I was like, you want to go to church with me? And she was like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. And I had completely quit that business. I was doing that business with her dad.
1: Now you Uh, just said your wife, were you married at this time or no?
0: Oh yeah, we did get married. Okay. Okay. We got married, and, and I think so. That's the, so you're
1: married, and and you've you're a Christian now, but
0: your wife's not at this point. No, so when we got married, I wasn't a Christian. You okay, know, we we still believed in Jesus. I mean, it's funny because even in our marriage, we talked about Jesus. We talked about His love. Our a fr- uh, family member who would, was like kind of like a pastor, mm-hmm. because I was in this business, so I thought I knew Jesus. I thought I knew God. Okay, and so it was all part of it, but we weren't walking with Him. We we didn't mm-hmm. change anything about our lives. But it did convict me to just jump two feet in and so i did get married and it was after we got married and i think that's what the important thing is too is that god worked in my heart again when i committed you know and i committed to my wife and then it felt like okay now i can now i can work in your heart sure uh, you know i'm someone i'm in better standing before i'm not just completely living in in our sin and everything And so I ended up quitting that business. I had a lot A lot of my friends were built in that business at the time. I had family members in that business. And my father-in-law was doing the business. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I remember the dream I had was John the Baptist, those words, I must decrease so he could increase. Mm-hmm. I had a whole dream. That was all I heard. The whole dream. So I just woke up with that in my head. And that day I quit. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to church. Dude, I walked in, they were playing worship. I felt the spirit. And and they even showed this video of because of, he was a war vet and he went through a lot of PTSD. So it was kind of his journey through that. And, and I was like crying during that video. I mean, I had a friend who had died in the war. So I know mm. my heart was kind of tugged in that. But like I was like, I couldn't stop fighting back tears. Mm. And I don't even remember what the message was about. But when he gave the altar call, I just stood up and had no idea what I was doing. But it was just it was too much to bear at that point. Like, yeah. And so I accepted mm. Jesus and, mm. and yeah, I came <laughs> home, told my wife and she was like, uh, you know, completely foreign to her. I'm just like, I don't even know what that means is this. <laughs> and so then I talked told my other friend and we, he told me to come to his church, um, which was another Calvary chapel. And I, I asked my wife, I like, you want to come? And she was like, no, and she didn't want to come. And so I said, um, well, we had Disneyland passes. I was like. If you go to church, we can go to Disneyland because it's actually just down the street. It's not too far. <laughs> and she was like, "Okay, I'll go to church."
1: That would work. I'm sure well today in in, yeah. in society. Yeah, hey, come to, come to church. We'll give you Disneyland tickets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a new marketing scheme, I guess. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so she she went, and I remember he preached on Second Thessalonians and the coming of Christ, and <laughs> and uh, she just she she did the altar call too. She responded and so ever since then our lives have changed you know we we mm-hmm. came together and and so i say I, I always say there's a statistic that if the child goes and gets saved at a church camp you know there's like a 3% chance that the family would get saved from that if the mother gets saved through a friend going to church there's like a 13% but when the dad gets saved there's a 93% chance that the rest of the home yeah that's amazing.
1: I have heard that and I believe that, man. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's like it's like we talked about earlier. When when a man has a family, dude, they're looking to you. They're looking to you, your your wife, your kids, they are looking to you. And yeah. my wife, my kids, they are looking to me. And and that's just the responsibility. That's the way that God's made it. You know, it, it it's not discrimination at all mm. against. the 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 authority that women do have or anything like that leadership that women do have they absolutely do they have super important roles that we can't fill but but god has designed it for some reason that men have a a real a real power and authority in life man that that can be used for for good Mm -hmm. or for evil yeah. And, and so and I, and I know even within the home as fathers, even when we think like our kids, ah, they're not. Even this morning, my wife and I were talking about this, about some of the uh, some of the movies and shows that are coming out um, are just at an all new level, a whole new level of like extreme uh, just darkness and um, sexual like um, impurity and just more like more than ever Mm -hmm. and and yet so much of society embraces it and accepts it and and even um encourages it as as normal and right and and for teenagers right you know and things that used to be you know as far as movies or pro or tv or like things that used to be rated r are now like you know pg and so Mm -hmm. we see that we see that happening in culture and this morning, my wife was, she was getting pretty fired up. She's like, how many, she's like, she was talking to me about this one show that's targeted towards women that she doesn't watch, but she, out of curiosity, I forget the name of it, she uh, Googled the re- like what it was about mm-hmm. and just the absolute filth in this show that's targeted towards women and, and mothers, um, you know, probably has a lot of drama and like e- emotional stuff that women like, you know. Um, but, but she's like, if this is targeted toward, towards moms, how many moms out there are, are watching these shows while their kids are like in the, the room next door, just in the living room playing with their toys and they think that, oh, they're, they're too young. They, they don't, they don't, they're not going to understand what they're hearing off the TV, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of mentality. And, and I think we're f- very foolish to assume that our kids don't pick up on these things yeah um and 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 so you know saying all that it's it's we need to understand that our kids and our wives are watching us mm-hmm. and and we need to be on point. you said it earlier about keeping God as that foundation as men. if, if you and I keep the Lord and our our relationship with God first and foremost, I know you get up early in the morning to spend time with God. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way because I have to before I start my day. Yeah. It, it, if I lose that foundation, um it's going everything's going to crumble and fall apart. But yeah. if I mean if I maintain that foundation that Jesus and his word and following Christ is my foundation, then everything else it's not going to go easy, but I have that foundation. Yeah. A- a- and God can build on that. And so Um, I think it's important that we're aware of our rules as, as leaders in the family. It's, it's crucial. Yeah. And so that, I believe that stat, I believe that stat is true, man. (coughs) Sorry. You need a coffee Um, drink. Yeah. Let's do another coffee (laughs) (laughs) drink. Yeah. That's nice. Now you told me you drink black coffee. And so just last night I tried a black coffee. Nice and, and it, it was pretty good. Yeah. I tried an, I tried another one this morning and I gave up again, bro. I had oh. a cream. <laughs> so I got to keep some cream. But anyways, so so you guys are married now. Uh, you're you're still in California, but I know recently you um, you took a move to Las Vegas. I think yeah. it had to do with your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, your a, a new opening of work uh, led you to Las Vegas. So you guys are raising your kids, doing homeschooling in Las Vegas. Um, I know that you've you've been a man of many ventures. Yeah, uh, you 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 do have, <clears throat> excuse me, you do have a podcast or a couple podcasts out there in podcast land. Um, Your podcast, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I, I don't I don't think you're still recording currently, but who knows what the future holds? You might pick up again. Uh, you but I actually, encourage me in
0: that. Um.
1: <laughs> well, I, I I tuned in, man, to what yeah. you have out there, and I really enjoyed listening to it. And so right now, I'm going to give you a plug. If you're listening to this podcast right now. I encourage you to go to Spotify or, or Apple podcasts, um, and type in the heart, the heart working dad, heart I think it, is it the or heart working dad? One yeah. of the two, the, I think it's the heart working as an H I don't even know the title of my, own podcast. yeah, yeah. And I do, I know it. So <laughs> I'm more of a fan of your podcast than you are, dude. <laughs> you, but if, you are. Just, <clears throat> if you just type in, uh, the heart working dad. Um, or gabriel perez in, in a podcast platform you'll find it mm-hmm. uh, but you ha- you had a few podcasts called you started off somehow i father was yeah. w- was the first title you gave it and then i think father's failing forward mm-hmm. and then and then it switched over i think to the heart working dad at some point Yeah. Um, so take those titles gentlemen and i would encourage you uh, take a listen i i appreciate your podcast man because it's just very simple very real very raw very honest um and you drink coffee throughout it and so it really it really resonates with me i really enjoy listening and i think the listeners of my podcast will really enjoy listening to yours and so i would encourage you out there tap in it's been i think about a year six months to a year where he recorded his last episode at least on my the one i discovered Mm. um and again we'll find out you we'll find out later where you can connect with gabriel but find his podcast and who knows what the future holds but you, you've been, so you've had the podcasting. Uh, you've also had a few different YouTube channels along the way. Um, you know, you had thoughts of maybe one day I'll be a YouTube influencer. And, yeah. and I, so you've had a lot of aspirations about desiring, mm-hmm. you know, and you even said like to become quite known and popular, hopefully um, in the influence world, right on yeah. YouTube, uh, po- possibly podcasting as well. Um, but I want you to I want you to, and those aren't bad things. Those are, those are things that I think are good, but they can become bad when they distract us from what really matters. Yeah. And, and I, I heard on one of your episodes where you talked about uh, you went on a, a backpack adventure in, in a mountain. I'm assuming that was in Las Vegas. where I was it in now? Utah,
0: Zion. Okay.
1: Well, I want to hand the mic to you, bro. And I want you to share that story. Um, however you feel to share it, because that, that was something that you felt called to do yeah um, it was a hard experience for you which you can share with my listeners and but God revealed himself to you mainly in revealing what your what your the, your purpose really was yeah and not not to become famous on YouTube, not to become famous as a podcaster at this point in your life mm-hmm. but but God revealed to
0: you your purpose. Are you cool with
1: sharing that story? Because it's really powerful, man.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. I'm going to have to wrap my mind how to break it down <laughs> without being two hours long. But For sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like you said, I've done a lot of ventures. I've done YouTube with my son, trying to do kids' toys unboxing. Uh, later, I turned it into a Christian show where I try to teach kids about character, invested a lot of money and time into that, and then – it just it became too much we stopped and then i did the podcast which you you listened to in the beginning then i quit the podcast to do another podcast about dads doing homeschool and that was also a youtube channel so i thought i could do that and not very many dads are searching how to do homeschool i found so it it, it was becoming something of striving for me mm-hmm. um so then it was at that point though i took this backpacking trip I was part of a men's accountability group and uh, they're like, Hey, we're going to go backpacking. And it's funny because it's Zion was a mountain. And so I think that the Mount Zion hmm. has biblical meaning and it, it had meaning for me too. coming out of it. Sure. So I went to this backpacking trip and I, I almost didn't go cause it, it was, it was going to be too snowy. I didn't have any equipment. I wasn't going to buy snow equipment just for this time. A lot of things that were kind of like, I'm not going to go, but then it opened up and I was like, I'm going to go. The, the weather was supposed to be nice. The The night before, though, one of the guys called out because he said his wife had a bad feeling. And she and he's like an outdoors guy. Like he does, He lives in the mountains. And he was like, this is like an easy trip for me. But my wife was really, really had a lot of anxiety. He couldn't sleep actually the past two nights. So he was like, I, I just need respect to her. I'm going to have to bow out. Ninja starred my brain, man. So sure. all of a sudden, I'm, my wife actually heard the because he did it through a voice thing like we do, and my <laughs> wife heard it. And she goes, "Are you still going to go?" And the thing was, is I said I felt like God was calling me on adventure. I told her this before, and and I didn't want to sound like a wimp or anything. I was like, oh, "I think I'm still going to go." You that must think have I been really gone? hard. Huh? That must have been hard because
1: you got this expert like outdoorsman guy. Yeah. You know, saying, no, no, not for me because my wife feels something bad. And and then you got this greener, you, this greener, this yeah. rookie, this guy who's never done it before, I'm assuming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Last backpacking trip I did was in high school. I okay. did at,
0: um Yosemite. So,
1: in this case, you weren't sure about this. Yeah. And so that must have been like a whole new level of like intimidation. Like if this mm-hmm. guy's tapping out, should I tap out? Like should I say no more yeah but you felt you felt God calling you to do it I mean at that
0: point no I was I was actually well um so yeah I felt like God called me to do it that's why I was going to go in the beginning and then this comes and you're like is this God saying that maybe I shouldn't go yeah yeah and then my wife's kind of freaking out but then she was like and I was kind of trying to lean on her to tell me not to low-key like, (laughs) you think I shouldn't go (laughs) I think we all do that yeah (laughs) and she was just like how can I tell you if you said God is is leading you to go? I can tell you no. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I put my foot in my mouth. I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I went, and um, you know, I I, I went with a lot of arrogance too, because I thought, you know, I went with some guys. And I was like, I think I I, I run a lot. I've ran a fifty mile run. I think I, I'm good shape. Like I can, you know, I'm I'm good. And I didn't think these guys, these guys from what I knew weren't that in shape. So I was like, ah. Uh, they're probably going to be struggling more than me. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, arrogance, complete arrogance. Yeah. And so we get to the trip and there's this one guy that I'd never met him before. He just, there was something about him that as I look back on that journey, I'm not sure if I really shared that on the podcast, but he was an example of God's fathering to me through that whole trip of God's love of his, of his care. And it was really, it was kind of weird (laughs) because at times I was like, you don't want to accept it but we were going up the mountain and my you know I'm not I don't know how to do this stuff really that well so my sleeping bags like banging against my butt as I walk every time and he was like <laughs> hey I have some suggestions for your pack if you if you'd allow me to and you know just even his wording if you would allow me to and I was like yeah sure I'll take anything man and so he tightened it up for me really good and he was like yeah you you don't want that he's like you know, maybe fine now, but when you're six miles in the journey, it's not going to be fine. And I was For like, "Cool, sure. thanks." Yeah. So we go up; it's like three thousand feet. And then we come back down. Sorry, you up walked up, up. You walked up three thousand feet. Yeah, it's it's a high wow. elevation point. They have this one point called Angels Crest, and it's like, I, I, we didn't do that, but it was it was it's a high to uh
1: So did you have like, Were you? was it all like free, like solo climbing or like, was it really steep? No, it's like a
0: trail. So it's like literally. So you
1: got wind around. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: It wasn't too rough because it's a a big tourist spot. So a lot of people do that. Okay. The first 3000, but we had our backpacking gear. So we got like 50, 60 pounds on us. So we get to one part and then we go back down only to go up another 3000. But as we're getting down, all of a sudden it's a little icy. There's some snow actually, because it's the other side of the mountain. And some one person almost slipped off the mountain because they weren't walking. Um, they weren't paying Mm -hmm. attention to their steps, but we started doing this and we, so we went down, we went back up three and we were resting and we realized our camping spot isn't where we, the campings were right there where we got to, but they were spread out. Our campsite was the farthest one. And it was like another five miles or three to four miles. I don't know. I I could be exaggerating. So I'll just say three miles. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember we stopped to eat lunch and uh, I had like started getting blisters on my feet. And he came in and I was like, he goes, I got blister uh, stuff if anybody needs it. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And then so I'm like, open the pack and he he grabs You're laughing because, you know, but he like all of a sudden he just starts putting the Band-Aid on me. And I was like, I felt really uncomfortable. (laughs) I can put my own Band-Aid on. Back up, bro. Back up. (laughs) You're coming into my bubble here. <laughs> and, no, but oh, I was weird. like, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm open, you know. <laughs> so he, he puts the, the stuff on the bandage, puts it on my foot. And I was like, okay, well, that was cool. <laughs> and, you know, we get Thanks, ready. man. <laughs> and so we, we start to go back on our, going down to the campsite. And the second we get down there, covered in snow. And it was like it's a complete change of environment. Like it went from being like we were sweating, sunny. There was some ice there, but now it's like you're in like a whole nother full-on snow environment. And the you couldn't even see the 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 path really. But one of the guys he he'd done a lot, so he kind of knew the area. And so we're going the path, and it was like since it was kind of late in the day, the snow was. I'm not I'm not good with snow. You probably know better than me what snow's like, but it was like melted snow. So it looks full, but then you step in and you just like sink. Mm. And so, I don't know, you call that soft snow or uh, I don't know. It was just yeah. sinking snow. Yeah. <laughs> so, like every step was, I was like <clears throat> sinking in and then you're falling Crazy. over. And, and I remember these guys came back, they weren't backpacking. They just like did the, the hike, like just with water and some lunch. And there, and I was like, how much snow is there? And he goes, Oh man, you're just getting started. And mm. I was like, dang. And so we just proceeded in this, this snowy muck, mud muck. And that's when I really got worn down. Like, and I wasn't drinking a lot because we found out that the water source that we had when we got to the camping site might be contaminated. So like even the filters might not work. So bring lots of water. So I'm like trying to conserve my water. So it was like that perfect storm of being dehydrated, didn't eat enough. Uh, I didn't eat breakfast that morning and then sitting on this hike. So I started blisters,
1: hmm? blisters, a, a man putting band-aids on, you, <laughs> yeah, man. Putting band-aids
0: is, on your feet. This uh, is scary, bro. <laughs> it gets real for me, I guess. Really, I always say it, it wasn't real for everyone else. It was just for me. And yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm doing this and I'm like, well, where are you going to? What are you going to show me, God? Like, I'm waiting for you to show me something like I'm, I want to mm. experience your beauty. I want to experience like a word from you <laughs> and, and I'm getting nothing. And sure enough, the, the just that whole last stretch just wore me down, wore me down. And at some points I was like, just trying to sing praises and it just, I was I was bitter. And I was thinking about my family and I was like, and I was just getting angry at God. I just felt this anger just building up. And hmm. we, you know, I remember um, we crossed this one path and there was like fresh bear tracks. Hmm. I'm like, oh, look, there's a bear here. And I was just thinking, dude, if, if like I die or if I fall down this hill or something, like, dude, how are you ever going to get out of here? Like we're in the middle of this, of this mountain. And there's like, even to get rescue crew is going to be crazy. Plus it's almost dark. It's almost night. And you know, the fear is just gripping me. And so, mm. you know, to make a long story longer, <laughs> we get to the campsite, my socks are soaked Um I couldn't i only brought two pairs of socks the ones i'm wearing and the ones that i had and so i couldn't put socks on my feet because i we my shoes were soaking wet so it it ruined my only pair of socks it was really cold so i remember just i had to be barefoot and Hmm. we did a fire i remember i just felt myself shutting down like trying to make food even the guy was like let me help you out here trying to boil water and just i completely shut down and we I ended up going to bed and couldn't sleep. I was freezing and just up all night with fear. Like I need to get home. I need to get out of here. I mean, I consider just leaving right now. Like I need to go right now. And the whole night, there's just so much fear. And then I'm looking at pictures of my kid with whatever battery left I have on my phone and my wife. And I'm like, why did I even leave them? Like, what if something happens? You know, it's just hundred percent of fear. And that's where mm-hmm. the enemy is like, is living, mm. he's thriving in that fear. He's giving you absolutely thoughts and taking just taking your dependence upon God slowly away. And it's mm-hmm. like you can you know that because none of them were in that atmosphere. It was just me. And eventually I, I had I got some sleep. I woke up, I had to go to the bathroom completely dehydrated. I could tell by you know the color of my urine. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh man. So I, I was just like <clears throat> bezeling water and I get back in my tents, freezing, and and I just felt like the Lord say, you need to get out of your tent. You need to come out. And I was like, all right, I'll just get out and go make some coffee. And and I get out, and I get my stuff, and um, I just remember seeing the moon and the sunrise, and it just, it was, his beauty just broke me down in that moment. It's kind of like in your, you know, when you woke up in that in the van that day that you took the van to the new place, and you just, you woke up and you saw that and you just you're just filled. And there's no real words to describe it, but it was just like yeah. overwhelming peace. Yeah. And he and I just it was like just falling down and just crying and thanking God. And I went, I remember I had a knife on me. I like scraped snow into the thing. I started blowing and it just all of a sudden everything came back to me. Sanity, my my whole being, I guess. It was just I was good. You know mm-hmm. i was i was back and and everything was fine and and so i felt ministered to in that moment and i didn't share this on the podcast but this was really the defining moment for me in the end is we were talking the guys were like yeah i don't know if we should go back because none of them expected the journey to be like that either and they're like well i can go back or not and one of the guys was like yeah the guy who had been helping me this time was like i can go back too because you know it is i'm not going to do another hike and otherwise i would just kind of be sitting here all day He's like i'm good either way though because i'll leave it up to you gabe if you want to go back and i wasn't in fear mode anymore like i could have stayed but i was like i'm i'm ready like i feel at peace but like i don't i was just gonna sit there all day i, I had mm-hmm. nothing else to do i couldn't do hiking again for my socks or whatnot so i was like yeah i think i'm ready to go back <laughs> he's like all right i'll go back with you and we go back on that trip and he was like so, so he was asking me about what what you know how i was doing and stuff and i was like man i i feel great i really got a word from god and he's not a believer he's mm. like well what'd you get i, goes, I and you told like- him
1: you told him that you said he's not a believer and you said i got a word from god yeah wow man
0: and he was like well what he's like do you mind sharing and i was like yeah i was like i felt like i finally found my purpose because the whole time that i was sh- i was just thinking about my family and that was the only thing that really mattered mm. it didn't matter what i was trying to do it didn't matter my youtube All these adventures because when it came down to it i just wanted to be with my family Mm -hmm. i just wanted to be with my kids and my wife Mm -hmm. and um i remember i said i just found my purpose and i've been striving for so long trying to do these businesses trying to do these things and they don't bring any value and and really the value is in my family and Mm -hmm. that is my purpose and and he actually started tearing up and he was like Thank you, man. He's like, you know, honestly, I, I think I needed to hear that too. Wow. And then he says this, which was the all confirming moment for me. Was he was like, <clears throat> lead on, man. And mm-hmm. and in those words, I felt like it was the father affirming that and saying, go your way, lead on. This is you. 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 You've heard what I've had to say. And um, and then I, me- I mean, it meant a lot in the moment, and I just. It gave me all the confidence it gave me all the purpose to know that okay this is what i'm doing i'm walking with god in this moment and you know he's he is fathering me he is my father he's actually i'm getting a little teary but um this is that moment that i've been looking Mm. for this was my purpose was that i wanted to be fathered by god and he's showing that he's doing that Mm.
1: that's amazing man what a powerful story yeah what a powerful story. And I can see it in your expression, man, how real that was. Mm. And what a testimony, even for that man who wasn't a believer for him to say like, for him to tell you lead on bro. Like that's, yeah. that's amazing. and It's just such a picture of, of, of our lives right there, because as men, we, we want to really do well with, with success mm-hmm. and, and relationships and career and money and social status and being a good parent being a good husband you know just not failing we don't want to fail yeah and and yet we know we're going to but we we get this we get these desires and this longing for finding value in in what we can achieve or what this world can offer us and it can all of that is not a bad thing but like i said earlier it can lead us in the wrong direction and it can consume us Mm -hmm. it can consume us how many people are following me how many people like what i put out there how how many views how many emails you know what kind of am am i finally making money on what i'm trying to do whether it's a business i'm starting is it when's it going to finally begin to profit me and and all these things they can literally take they can consume us, and and yet the things that really matter, like being a faithful husband, being there, being there um, present with for your children, being that leader, mm-hmm. like you just said, you know, lead on, you know, leading in our families. That those things can so easily we can set them on the on the sidelines as we like run this race for like fame, yeah, and and and, and earthly success. And, and I think every man will struggle with that at one point, mm-hmm. and and it's God's will that it, that we do succeed. But God's God's perspective of success is completely different than ours. Yeah, completely different. And and that story there, you know, here you are, you know, on this backpack adventure. You start off feeling like, man, I got this, yeah. I got this. I'm gonna even teach these guys <laughs> some lessons, right? Yep, and, and then it got real mm-hmm. and and then your your feet got blisters your your shoes are soaking you get this fear this fear consumes you of what have you done where are you what's going to happen to you your life your life's in danger what about your family yeah and and this fear and probably anxiety and all this these feelings emotions are now consuming you and and like you said you just you came you're, you're done like you just came to the end where you felt like i can't do this anymore Mm-hmm. And and that and then at the lowest of lows, at the weakest moment, you know, when when at the end of the rope, yeah, God's like, get out of your tent, get up, get out of your tent, and and he, it's like he and and you and you had to obey, mm-hmm. you, you you obeyed that still small voice and you got out of your tent, and I remember like you even said on the you didn't say it here, but you said on the podcast you said. You know, you, you, something came over. It's like, I'm not going to let these guys cook my meal. I got my own stove. I'm yeah. not going to let these guys yeah. make my own coffee. I'm going to do it. Right. And, yeah. and something came. It's like you were re- revived, man. Mm-hmm. This revive um, came over you and and you went and you saw God's glory in 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 the sky and you felt his presence and and, and you you got up and you felt revived in your spirit and in, even in your physical strength. Yeah. And. And then you found what you said, your purpose Mm -hmm. and and God showed you at that time, you know, Gabriel, it's not about earthly success. It's not about, you know, becoming famous and and all these aspirations that you're you're running after. It's not about that. It's about your family being being that committed leader in your home now i want to ask you a straight up question because i know that you know you're a straight shooter you got no you know you're an open book from what i've learned this last week um you know and i think i even might have posed this question to you but so here now you know as a man today right now on this very day 2022 you know at that time it was an amazing moment god revealed what what really matters Mm -hmm. uh but then life goes on you know you're you're back on on the job you know, you're back homeschooling, back picking up toys, cleaning up after your kids, <laughs> you know, trying to be a faithful father, you know, failing as a father, fail, me failing as a father. It, get, it Life gets very hard. Yeah. Life gets very tiring. And and yet then, then you can still find yourself questioning kind of like I do. Lord, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more for me, Lord. This can't be it. This can't be what you called me to, you know. Mm. For me, I'm 40 years old. God, I'm am at least halfway there. If you give me 80 years, I'm for sure halfway there. Yeah, and, and I'm not even sure if I want 80. Maybe <laughs> give me 70, right? Like, and so all these thoughts can come. So, so saying all that, do, do you still find yourself struggling with thoughts of wanting to aspire to something more? And not even saying that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but but knowing what God has shown you, what your purpose is. And maybe that, maybe that was just for that season. Yeah. Maybe that's just like Gabriel right now in the season yeah, I've given you in your life, focus on, on being a, a faithful husband and father to your fa- to your kids, you know, leading your family well. And then the time will come down the road and it might happen. Mm-hmm. where I'll allow you to experience these dreams and desires that you, that you have. So is that still something that you wrestle with there?
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think every day, um, but there's a big difference. Like, um, so I walk. I walked away from everything. Spent a year just uh, working on my heart and and walking with God, and I felt this call to do coaching. You know, I I just something inside me said I want to invest in myself because I, I feel like my four hundred one k is probably not the best investment for my future. When I looked at what I was going to get when I turned <laughs> fifty, I was like that's not going to support my family, <laughs> but I was like, so I wanted, you know, I felt the call when I was a little uneasy though. And, um, but you know, I was like, well, this time it's different this time. I don't want to go off of my own strength. I don't want to go off of my own will. I want God to be a part of this. And so, you know, it's been extremely awkward journey. Cause you know, I've already told you, I'm, I am on Instagram now. I once again, posting things that I thought I wasn't going to do. And I remember questioning God, like, is this really what I should be doing? Like, I kind of wish, I wish I didn't have that drive, actually. I wish I could just be fine with just working my job and coming home and that's it. But there's there's something that stirs up. And I think when, I think God has purpose for us, but he, you know, he cares about our heart more than what the purpose is. And I think when our heart gets to a point where he's ready, when we're faithful Mm -hmm. in the little, You know, I think he'll, he can be faith. We can be faithful with more and all God's concern is the heart. Mm -hmm. And so the difference now is, do I battle with that every day? Yes. But every day I've got to give it to God every day. I got to give away that, that drive that says it has to look like this. It has, it should be like this. And it's having those expectations on God that I'm, you know, this is what it should be. And ultimately it's, it's a, there's something called a hidden contract. Are you familiar with that? No. So the concept is, is that sometimes we, we make these agreements inside our mind because I'm doing this, I'm going to expect this uh, yeah. and we can do it a lot in our marriages or whatnot, or with, with people, mm-hmm. but we, you know, we can also do it with God. We're, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm expecting God to bless me in this way. And ultimately it leads to dissatisfaction. Because we're putting God in a box. We're expecting God to do this. And and that's not how he works. And so, yeah, it's still a journey every day. It's still a struggle every day. But the difference is that I know my father. I'm walking with my father in this journey. So I'm not alone. I don't feel I'm alone. And when I do feel I'm alone, I get to invite him back in. And so it's a different journey. The battles are still the same.
1: Yeah, and I, I know for me personally, like every morning I wake up, I feel that that feeling inside of me that there there has to be something more than what I'm seeing right now and what I'm experiencing right now. Um, there has to be something more. This is not what I expected. These are all these are all the feelings and mm-hmm. the voices, call it what you may, that are deep within me, all all the time. All the time, Yeah. if I'm honest, I, I I find myself living with hearing those voices, not in some creepy way like oh man, like yeah. actual voices, but like this desire, this deep longing, this urge within me, this like you said, this dissatisfaction um, within me. I I feel it because you know, like I said, now at 40, I'm like this is not what I expected yeah. at at the age of 40. Although I'm grateful, although I'm blessed, although when, when I can slap myself and smarten up and say, God, forgive me and really see, you know, stop, you know, and see what God has done to see what God has truly blessed me with, then I can see, okay, God, I, you know, I, it's, it sparks gratitude. I, I find myself being grateful. And I think that we have to live in a place like that on a daily, on a daily, like, Lord, keep me in that place of having your perspective of what you've done and what you're doing, uh, because I don't see it all. God, God, you see the big picture. You see the end of the story. All I see right now is right now. Mm -hmm. And, and, and some days are horrible. Some days are like, Hey God, this, you know, open up that door of opportunity for me now, you know, do, do that miracle now that I've been waiting for, you know, that the, the Bible talks about, I forget exactly where it is. Um, I, it's, I believe it's in in a proverb. It's one of the proverbs where it says, I think it's Proverbs 14 around there. Anyways, it says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. You know, the things that we're hoping for or waiting for, it makes you feel sick. It makes your heart sick. But then it says, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Mm. And, and, and I feel, I, I think a lot of men, even possibly who are listening right now, they can relate with that. We have all these hopes, these dreams, these goals, mm-hmm. these desires. We want to see within our businesses, within our marriages, within our kids, within our families, within just you know or maybe our health, you know yeah. whatever it might be. Um, and we're not seeing it, and it, it literally makes you feel sick. And it's like, God, is this ever going to happen? Is this ever going to change? Mm-hmm. And and I think it, I don't know. I don't know the answer to yeah. that. You know. You'll have people on this side who are like filled with faith saying, Yeah, believe, man. Yes, it's going to change. Believe. God's, God's goes before you. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I find myself on that side a lot. Like, yeah. come on, go, brother. You got this. Believe God. It's going to, you know, that great opportunity is coming. But then there's part of me where it's like, I believe that I'm declaring it by faith. I truly do believe that, and ho- at least I think I believe that. I I want to believe that. I'm I'm heading that direction by faith. Mm-hmm. But what if it never happens? Yeah. W- what if what I think should happen never happens? Will I still trust God? Will I still serve God? Yeah. Will I still worship God? You know, A- and these are questions that we need to ask. Are we truly? Being men who are pursuing God's heart or are we, are we just pursuing what God can give us? Yeah. Like you said, you know, that whole, you know, God, I've done all this for you. Now it's time for you to, you know, I have put the money in the vending machine, God. Yeah. I put, I've pushed the desire button. This is the dream. This is the <laughs> desire. I want that thing to drop in my lap now. Becoming and
0: transactional with God.
1: Tra- transactional. I, I do this for you. You do this for me, yeah, and, and and you know, Jesus says like, if you want to follow me, you gotta deny yourself daily, pick up your cross, and follow follow after me, and and so, I I think I think that's a perspective we need to just allow the Lord every day in our lives as men to remind us of God. Keep me in that place of humility, and you know, if it's your will, like not my will, Lord, your will be yeah. done, and if it's your will for me to experience change. You know in ministry change in career change in position change in status lord i'll leave that up to you yeah and, and i and i'm learning that more man even even with this podcast that I've, I've been doing i know i know that the lord has given me the burden to do it um and you relate with what i'm about to say there's been a lot of frustration in trying to put this thing together mm-hmm. many 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 times if not every time on the day where I'm, I know I'm going to record a podcast. That's the day that, you know, my kids want to argue and, and get at each other. That's the day that, you know, I find myself, you know, arguing over something stupid with my wife. Uh, That's the day I start to feel anxiety, uh, doubt, fear, discouragement creep in. Um, And, and so, you know, these things that we're pursuing, we got to keep pursuing them and allowing the Lord to lead us but it's not going to come easily. There's going to be that opposition. And so anyways, I feel like I'm rambling now, but it's important that we just keep God's perspective.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, to think, you know, I was listening to your podcast. It Our journeys is what God is concerned about. He's not actually concerned so much, I think, about the destination, but our journeys, because your journey was, was, was ministered to me. When you're like, I've been to all these different churches. I've pastored all these different times. I thought I would be settled in a church and more established full time in ministry. And, and that hasn't yet to happen. And, you know, you wonder why God, <laughs> like, why can't I get established? And, but your journey has, has led you to where you are. It's led you to, to really seek him more and you can't deny the fruit that comes from these experiences. Absolutely. I mean, if I were to say, you know, if God blessed me on my first journey, I would have probably never known him as a father. I would have never had those moments to be like, wow, this is where I'm at with God where I can just sit here for an hour and drink coffee and not really have an agenda and just sit with God. I can never imagine sitting there for an hour, just sitting with God and just letting him, you know, speak in different ways or whatever, but just sitting with him. I'd never be at that place. And, and I read this in a book and it was, it really hit me, but he's like, the Christian life is not a common sense life. The thing the things that we we go through they don't just always make sense. We don't always find the answers we're looking for. We feel called to do stupid trips in Mount Zion and all of a sudden you're like, "What am I doing here? This doesn't make sense." You know, I mean, the Bible is littered with that. They expected Jesus to conquer the Romans. They expected all these different things of Jesus and are even of God to come through in different ways and you know, he's doing things that don't make sense. He's speaking out of the mouth of a mule to Balaam. And, mm. and that's just, that's the Christian walk that we have. And just recently I was laying some things out with God, going through the same questions. Like, why am I doing this? God, how, I don't even know I need your help. Cause I, I'm feeling like I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be pursuing this, this coaching practice. And I go out to work out and I, th- and I know you saw my Instagram on it, but I, the Lord literally gave me three songs in a row, that were on, pretty much marching orders for me. There's a song by Elevation Church, "Seek First the Kingdom." I put it on my playlist to go work out. That's the first song that comes in, so comes on. So I'm like, "Wow, that's pretty timely." "Seek First the Kingdom," and I had just read it that morning, Matthew six thirty three, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, "All right, seek first kingdom." And then so I'm working on the second song is "Wait on the Lord" by Maverick City. <clears throat> I'm like, "Okay, that's." that's what I seek first, the kingdom, wait on the Lord. And then the third song that plays is is the goodness of God by Bethel. And it's like, there's this line that gets me every time, which is all my life. You've been so faithful. So when I, it's like, and these are the things that are popping in my head that I feel like are messages from God, little words of these, this is my encouragement to you. And it's like, seek first, the kingdom of God, wait on the Lord. And then when you look back, you will know that he's been faithful. You will know that because that, when I look back, I will know he is faithful. Every time I look back now, he's been faithful. Even when I think he's not, even when I think he's not working, he has proved time and time again that he's faithful.
1: Hmm. Hey Amen. That's good, man. Well, you, you, you touched on it there that uh, you did get certified as a biblical parenting coach. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the pursuit that you're on right now. You're letting the lord lead you in that direction go ahead sort of
0: um it's kind of an offshoot so i realized in my own walk um with fathers when i was when i was a father i had two kids and we had our third coming Well, i still have a father but um, <laughs> i was i just felt really alone i remember feeling like i didn't know what what to do i didn't know how to lead my family i didn't know how to guide them i just felt like alone and this is kind of what led me to the journey that i've been on but I didn't know what to do. And so I think a lot of fathers may be feeling that way in the church that, you know, because I reached out, there are some other dads that I saw that I looked up to, but you know, they're busy. And so they never really, it, it wasn't that it was on, it was on them to like mentor me or take me in. They did, I wasn't actually asking, but I was seeking it. And so often I think we just quietly suffer in silence. When we take on the strength we, we, we start doing more. Like, oh, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it becomes overwhelming. And, you know, the things that the number one things that fathers feel is when I I took a survey, I even saw it online to verify it, but it was feeling like a failure, feeling like they're not doing enough for their family. And the next is intentionality with their family and their marriage and their kids. And then the third was actually like raising up their kids with instructions and, and you know, disciplines and all that. But so that feeling like a failing like a father uh, is what really struck with me because that's what I felt. So I started to do biblical parenting. I was like, I'm going to do a biblical parenting coaching business. But I realized that it goes deeper than that, because even in the biblical parenting, the first thing we learned was you work on your heart first before you can work on your kids hearts. You have to know that you, you got some things in your heart that you need to settle on. And that's exactly what I realized is the most important thing for us as men is is our hearts and then our hearts with God and then our marriages and then our children. And then I do the biblical parenting, which is like more strategy and stuff. So Mm -hmm. the goal is actually to change it to field guide because I'm still walking. I'm still walking that path of, of learning God's heart for me and for my wife and for my kids. So I'm not like a master, but I've traveled this road. For like three years now i've been on the journey i recognize the terrain and so my goal is to just walk with men and finding their hearts establishing their roles as sons to the father and then you know working on their hearts of their wives and their children and when they understand these things then we can do some practical things to help them with with issues in the house or raising up their kids but it's just guiding them in that process because ultimately heart change doesn't come from me it comes from the lord Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, helping them walk in this journey, giving them giving them a path to follow.
1: That's awesome. So saying that, where can let the listeners know where they can find you? Obviously, you're on Instagram. Let them know your handle and any any other information that you know if they want to reach out to you, man.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't. To be honest, I, I, I got to look at my
1: Instagram handle. If if you just um, Gabriel Perez, if you just
0: underscore official, so
1: Gabriel Perez underscore official. Yeah, yeah. you guys
0: can get get uh you can get in contact with me there you can find me on facebook gabriel perez um yeah you can shoot me a message and um, mm-hmm. yeah i have an email uh, i can i can send that to gjperez03 at gmail.com i feel like i need an mm-hmm. official email like yours but like i said i'm just <laughs> like doing this and and growing as i go but yeah absolutely you guys can reach out to me and and we can just see if i can help you and walk your path yeah
1: For sure. And I'll, I'll put all those links and, uh, your email in the show notes as well. I like, actually, I like the one podcast you did when you first started off. You you said that you're like, yeah, I'll put those things in the, uh, in the show notes. I I don't know what show notes are, but I hear, I hear podcasters say that. So
0: (laughs) I try to be official, but I'm really not. (laughs)
1: Uh, no, you're the real deal, man. Um, so before we close, uh, it's been great. Just, just talking with you, man, I've had a lot of fun and, um, you know, just hearing your story and what God's done and what God's doing. Um and and you and I both cried. Well I cried.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Checked all the boxes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just I want to give you kind of the last minute or two, you know, specifically for um I think the gist of this podcast is is obviously God as our father and and our role as fathers Uh, leading well and even like the words of that man on that backpack trip you know lead on Um, i think that's really powerful because a lot of men uh, they go through a lot of struggle as leaders as parents as as a husband and and when they fail that shame and guilt and condemnation can hit them like a mack truck and that 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 can be a super heavy load for for a man I know I've experienced that heavy load uh, because of my failure as a man, as a Christian man. And um, I think everybody who's listening can relate to that. Maybe right now there's a a man listening who is in the heat of that right now. Like he's, he feels that shame. He feels that guilt. He feels the condemnation of the enemy. Uh, He feels like he's failed too much too often as as a leader in his home, uh, give give that listener just a final word of encouragement, a word of strength uh, to help him move forward because I know that you've been very transparent on your podcast uh, about your failures as a father and and it's something that we don't want to talk about, but it's the re- it's the reality. We all fail. yeah. And so for that man who's just under the weight of that, feeling like he's failed in leading just give a a a last you know minute or two just a word of encouragement for that listener
0: yeah i mean i would just say well first and foremost it's okay and get up you know i think of i think of i just think i'm not sure of the scripture but just get up you know don't like when god called me out of that tent it was get up get out of your tent and I think that's what God calls us to ultimately do when we are feeling like a failure is to not stay there, not be shamed there, because the devil wants you to stay down. The devil wants you to hold on to these accusations because that's what is coming from it. When when you're feeling that's an accusation, that's not from God, that's not his heart towards you. So get up and do the next best thing. and, And that's just one step at a time. You're not gonna be the perfect leader. You're not gonna be a perfect leader. But you just do the next best thing. That could be apologizing to your wife, apologizing to your kids, or just giving them a hug. The simplest thing is always the next best thing, and and oftentimes too, it's it's just seeking Jesus, allowing Jesus and God to father you in such a way that you say, God, I can't do this on my own. Help. You know the quickest and shortest prayer by Peter as he sunk in the water. Help. You know there's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in needing god in your corner to be your strength and i think in that moment when you're feeling weak that's actually the opportunity for god to be strong because in our weakness he is made strong so no, when you're there you're in the lord's strength and that's that's what i got that's a mic drop right there Boom. <laughs> Boy, yeah. that's awesome
1: man gabriel thank you for taking your time man it's thank been you, awesome god. I know that we will be in touch. Yes. I know that we will continue sending those one minute uh, <laughs> voice DMs. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy throughout my day, you know, listening to our conversations there. But uh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure meeting you and just getting to know you and to hear your heart. And just I appreciate you taking your time today
0: to to be on the podcast. No, I appreciate me, you, man. I appreciate what you're doing here and just really on, on the front lines for men, man. That's it's, it's the battle, and your podcast has been awesome. awesome. I appreciate you. Man.
1: Cool, awesome. Well, thank you, man. Enjoy the uh, the sunshine and the heat of uh, Las Vegas. And I gotta go out. It's still still a little chilly here, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. And no sweaters You're- here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a great day, man. We'll talk to you again. You okay. Well. Bye. All right. God bless. Well, bye-bye. Thanks for joining me on the front line. Contact me at standing on the front line at gmail.com. Standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing keep fighting for the glory of God.